the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning and welcome in. Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. Um, you know, the markets. Let's start with the concept of a correction. Normal, healthy, feel good about it, unless you're 60 or older. And then you got to be frightened. you got to go, what's going on? I need to know. Where's my safe money? Where's my defensive money? Where's my money in case this gets out of hand? But you're young, you're beautiful. Go with it. S&P 500's up 10 this morning. Woohoo! The bleeding has stopped. It's not quite even a 10% correction. Not even, you know, it's barely 5%. Uh, but good God, it feels bad out there, doesn't it? S&P 500 is up 10 to 1751. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 59, sitting at 15,432. Woo! In the green for the start of the day. Doesn't mean we end here. In fact, I doubt we do. The Nasdaq's up 24, sitting at 4,021. Um, couple things. Microsoft names a new CEO. I think this is important uh, to talk about. Success or failure starts at the top. Fair to say that Bill Gates was a better CEO than Steve Ballmer. Um, I don't know. That's totally fair. But for 10 years, Steve Ballmer took a really a stupid side, in my opinion. And every time Apple would come out with an iPod or an iPhone or a tablet, an iPad, Ballmer would say, who wants that? Who wants that? No one wants that. That's stupid. Look what we got. We got great stuff here. And, um, no, Microsoft's phone business is about 3%. Search is about 18 which Saudi and Nadella uh, helped get it at least even that relevant. Uh, Saudi and Nadella, 46 years old, replaced Steve Ballmer as Microsoft CEO. He becomes only the third leader in the company in 38 years. Um, you know, I'm not against a CEO who's active. Uh, but I, I don't think you need to take shots at the competition, ever. I don't even know if you need to talk about the competition. Um, Microsoft Cloud Computing offering Azure. It's pushed to have consumers buy office software as $100 a year. Office 365 subscriptions are seen as the biggest drivers of Microsoft's growth in the next couple of years. Um, Sadia was really one of the people who helped build up the commercial muscle, so to speak, if you think of it in those kind of terms. 
born in, in, the, in 1967. He received a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Mangalore University. Did a little computer science work at the University of Wisconsin. So success or failure starts at the top, period. Um, you can't tell me Pete Carroll didn't turn around the Seahawks' bloated culture of losing. You can't tell me that uh, Jim Harbaugh in three years hasn't you know, turned around ten years of futility. A success or failure starts at the top. Now, I'd go even further on top than those two, you know, to the general manager or to the owners, but it, it really shows you that a lot can change fast. So, good luck, Satya. Um, the world's watching, you know. You've got a lot of growth in Enterprise and Xbox Entertainment. A lot of people would like to see you split that out. Ten years ago, Balmer did do some good things, like he invested in, uh, he was part of the investment in Facebook, but, and here's the big but, he, he didn't develop Facebook. Uh, so Microsoft got to benefit from giving them money so that they could strengthen their business. Retailer Michael Kors is doing what it can to lift some bullish spirits out there today. They had a home run earnings report. Um, so Michael Kors, Netflix, Under Armour, they seem to be the three Companies that are really saying, slow down, let's slow down. I don't feel no slowdown. Continued strength in the yen against other major currencies. Weaker than expected ISM index and auto sales data for January yesterday in the United States. The collapsing of the 100-day moving average of the S&P 500 and the 200-day moving average for the Dow. Very poor leadership. No real conviction in buy the dip. It feels like a correction, and it feels like we should go lower today. And, again, I don't care. My goal today is to get to the gym and get a good workout in. My goal today is to inform you of the stories I see out there and help develop some strategies around them. Yum Brand is also lending some support. It assuaged concerns that its China business with a better-than-expected earnings report and upbeat outlook that calls for earnings for share growth of at least 20% in 2014. Young Brands is moving higher. Young Brands is the perfect, no, not the perfect. Young Brands is a great way to play China. You get a company that's U.S. based, so you kind of trust their financials. You get a company that gets most of their growth now from China. And you get a company that benefits what's perceived as healthier food versus the Chinese fare, per se. As far as quality goes, maybe not healthier. But the Chinese consumer, they're all in. They, they, they kind of dig American food. Saw a story out there today that some wealthy Chinese are starting to leave the country, come to the United States because of corruption going on and basically persecution of corruption. I.e., the wealthy people have been taking advantage of people and they're leaving the country. So come here. We love wealthy people. <laughs> J.C. Penney's, it's gotten so bad that it's actually gotten good. They reported same-store sales growth um, slightly. Uh, so they've hit, I'm not going to say bottom, because I don't know. And here's a theme for you. No one goes likes going to the mall anymore. And because of that, all mall retailers are at risk. Whether you're Gap, whether you're Victoria's Secret, whether you're... Uh, Starbucks who are in malls, or that creepy chocolate candy store where they make people wear ridiculous outfits. 
That sees candies, yeah, sees candies. I don't get that. Why do they humiliate their employees like that? So JCPenney's up fractions today uh, on that news of better than expected, same store numbers. With that said, does anyone care? And can they stay in business? I don't know if they can. You know, it's just, here was a company that was, you know, conceived over 100 years ago. Um, And Microsoft is fighting for relevancy after 38 years. So, I don't know. Are you with me against me? You know what's the newest favorite entitlement for Americans? Surprisingly, it's not what the old people are saying. Us! I've got a great old person story coming up. Coming up in 30 seconds. The newest entitlement is the right to preschool. Preschool. Um, You're seeing big increases in sending kids to preschool, and I I think that's great. If you're going to spend anything on education, anything on infrastructure, I'm good with. Maybe not, you know, anything. Maybe not like, hey, let's build a space program to get us to the sun. Probably not my type of play. But um, Michigan, Texas, and South Carolina spending big on preschool. You know what's interesting about that? Those are Republican states. So I think that's great. I kind of wish we also had a focus on the college side of the dumbbell of education. But more preschool, better preschool, more offerings. I'm all for educating people and getting people empowered. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Stocks are higher. The equity benchmarks rebound. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, savings, um, or my favorite story of the day. An elderly Florida woman is unlikely to face criminal charges after she backed out of a parking space into a crowd of pedestrians, killing three senior citizens. Or at least she took out three of her own, and not three millennials. Doreen Landstra, 79 years old, lost control of her Chevy Tahoe sports utility vehicle after church late Sunday morning at Sugar Creek Country Club. She began backing out of a handicapped parking space, but then pulled forward to negotiate another parked vehicle. Okay, am I the only person who sees major flaws in this story? Like, um, she's 79, first and foremost. What is she doing driving a Chevy Tahoe? Like, that's a tough vehicle to drive. Get off the street! 
Get off the street! Old people are driving! An average of 15 people, ages 65 and older, die in automobile accidents every day in the United States. I understand it's a quality of life issue, but we've got to. We've got to examine um, self-driving cars for seniors much sooner than anything else. Um, If they're going to do this, if the state's not going to take away their driving, that's just insanity. Could you imagine if it killed really young people who had their whole life in front of them? SP 500 up 10, the Dow's up 60, the Nasdaq up 24. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, one of the big issues in retirement is knowing your sources of income. We all know Social Security is going to be there, but what other sources of income might we have? Well, it's going to come from, you're going to have a balanced portfolio, hopefully, so you have stocks and bonds and that in terms of funds and ETFs. Bonds pay interest, stocks pay dividends. If you're going to be buying individual stocks in retirement, I'm a fan of stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend. Because when the market's bad, if you have three out of ten years that are negative and your stock portfolio is down, you can still have income that's up. Right. So that's very important. But you still want going into retirement. You want you know, 20 to 40% of your income, uh-huh. especially if you think you're going to live a long time and you have longevity in your family. Sure. You want you know, 20 to 40% minimum in guaranteed lifetime income. And okay. like, like replacing what pensions used to be there for. For your parents, they used to have pensions. Right. We and don't. We don't. But you can do your own personal pensions. And even if you have a – so you basically are turning your portfolio that you've created from age 20 to 60 into a pension. Yeah. You kind of start thinking, I have to annuitize this. It has to last till the day I die. Yeah. So, you know, I use a strategy where I have three years' worth of expenses, a balanced portfolio, a stock portfolio. But I also use, um, in, oft- in many cases – Right now, bonds are a very tough thing to invest in because their prices are at an all-time high, yields at an all-time low. I'm not seeing inflation, so I'm not scared of bonds right now, but eventually we'll have to switch. So if you're trying to say, what's a bond alternative where I can still get 5% or more over my lifetime out of my bond portfolio? There are certain no-load insurance products that can give you that type of of, of an income where you can invest in a balanced portfolio and the insurance company will guarantee you know, 5 to 7% income for the rest of your life. These products used to be awful because they used to be in annuities that had back-end surrender charges, you know, 3.5% fees inside of them. Now there's no-load versions of it. Right. And there's also standalone insurance products now that will insure a portfolio for lifetime income, which is okay on a bond alternative. And, and so you, can, you have an overall strategy, and then you might have some bond alternatives in your portfolio that have guaranteed lifetime so that with your Social Security and some of those alternative uh, income investments, you have a portion that if you live till 100 and the market doesn't do well, you still have income, and that's important. As a certified financial planner, how often do people come into your office without enough retirement thinking they had enough retirement? I would say probably 50% of the time. And the reason why is because they're not thinking about health insurance costs. They're not thinking about long-term care. They're not realizing that, you know, inflation. Yeah. I mean, every about 18 years, you're, you're, you know, dollars cut in half with inflation. And is that the you know how there's the, seven, the rule of 72? Yeah. Money doubles every seven years, something right. like that. So you divide 72 by the expected rate of return. Yeah. And that's how long it takes to double. It's the same thing. If inflation is so running up at three percent, then okay. it's going to take 18 to 20 years for the for the opposite of that to happen, for the dollar to cut in half. So you you have to increase. Um, you know, you you have to have a very detailed income statement that shows your long-term projection. With average expenses growing at least 3%, but your health care costs growing at 5 to 6% a year. 
Anything that we need to know on a final thought? Well, again, when you're when you're looking at some of the products that are out there, be aware of who's showing you the products. If they're insurance people that get paid a commission or if they're working at a big firm or a bank that get paid a commission, the product might sound good, but you can get no-load versions of that product with much, much lower fees. So make sure you're working with a fiduciary that has your best interest in mind rather than somebody that's working on a commission and has to get paid by selling you something. I've been talking with CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Netflix. Raising $400 million so it can start making even more original shows like House of Cards. What's interesting to note about that is nothing other than it allows me to tell the next angle story on Netflix. Did you know that Netflix CEO tried to sell Netflix to Blockbuster? Back in 2000, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings flew out to Dallas to meet with Blockbuster executives who had 7,700 stores open at the time. Netflix was losing money, had only 300,000 subscribers, and relied on the U.S. Postal Service to deliver its movies. Uh, Hastings ultimately wanted to form an alliance. Netflix was willing to become Blockbuster's own streaming service. Hastings was going to sell 49% of the stake in the company and take on the Blockbuster name, but they decided to pass on it. The 2000 tech bubble bursting was still fresh in Blockbuster's mind. The impending threat of digital media wasn't so obvious. Fast forward to 2004, and Blockbuster's downward spiral began aggressively just 10 years ago. They tried to launch their own subscription service, but they were too late. Netflix already had 4.2 million subscribers, and membership was growing steadily. So how about that? For That would have been a pretty expensive mistake. And again, it it happens. So now Netflix is competing with HBO and Showtime. They're trying to invest heavily in original programming. So today they again raised $400 million so they can continue that angle. And that I would say that affair with media, you know, which is more important, the roads or the content? Um, Right now Netflix has 44 million plus subscribers and critical acclaim. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your call on the air. Don't be shy. Got a big event coming up in Pleasanton a few Thursdays from now. It's a Thursday evening income alternative in retirement. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. interest in the success of new to see how you can become an exhibit you're listening to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow and iheart radio station Always excited to speak with one the only, Patrick O'Hara, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. I start every day with Briefing.com, um, particularly his page. Uh, Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hi, Rob. Doing fine. Thank you. Okay. Front page of the USA Today. Investors brace for bigger drop. Probably a good thing, right? 
you're implying that that's a contrarian indicator, I guess. I am. I um, am. Yeah. Well, you know, that is obviously the the $64,000 question here is, you know, is what now? I mean, you've had a very disappointing start to the year, and it's and it's uh, it's convoluted in the sense that uh, you have this idea that you you had such strong gains in 2013, so that it's not really a surprise that you would see the market pull back here, and that the market is overdue for a correction. I would imagine in that same article, it's it's mentioned that we haven't had a 10% correction since uh, 2011. Um, so, so you just have that element in there, and then of course now you throw in the these uh, issues, these bogeys of the emerging markets, uh, you know, economic data not living up to you know the stronger growth expectations that a lot of people were expecting, uh, and really just uh, a non-response for the most part to what have been better than expected earnings in the fourth quarter, and so it creates this swirl of uncertainty and true to form. Uh, when uncertainty runs high, um, especially following a market that has run as far as this one has, uh, money managers oftentimes say, look, I, I need to lock in some of this, this profit. And so there's some, been some pretty decent selling, and it's creating some concern that maybe we have more to go. I got an email from a friend of mine, and it goes as far as to say that he listens to a podcast by a photographer which is okay, and you're like, where's this going? But it goes even further to say he's now recommending that his technical indicators have said to short the market. Um, and I thought that was another sign, Patrick, that you know everyone seems to have an opinion at this point in time about what a correction is, when it's going to happen, what it'll look like. Um, any thoughts on you know further signs that this is starting to become almost fear-driven? Well, seeing uh, probably the you know the CBOE volatility index has had a has had a market spike here um, off the year. It's, I think it's up about 40 percent since the end of 2013. Uh, that would suggest that uh, people are positioning for um, you know some added volatility here in in the near term certainly, and so that kind of gets toward that idea that people are, are I don't want to say that they're panicking, but that they are certainly growing more concern, more risk-averse here. Um, you know, one of the things that struck me this morning, though, is, is, is you know, I would have expected uh, the futures coming in this morning to be down much more than they were. Um, you had a 4% sell-off in Japan overnight. Uh, you had the market fail at certain technical support levels that had held up for some time uh, yesterday. And you didn't have that. You had S&P futures trading up this morning, and and I think that willingness to come right back in, you see that bounce, in a, you know, off of a big drop shows that there there isn't a lot of fear and loathing in the market here. That something very off-putting is at is at is at hand. I think it's just more of a sense that, you know, you see these dips. We're down about six percent for the year, so you come in, you buy those dips, right? That was the trade that works so well, so beautifully for 2013. And we think that there's still an inclination to, to continue to, to lean on that idea. Um, and you won't see that uh, dissipate, we think, until you get some repeated failures of that buy-the-dip trade. And so you've already seen some challenges this morning, but the market as we speak is sitting on its morning highs, and uh, we'll just have to see how the rest of the day unfolds. But, you know, from our vantage point, we don't think that this down leg we're seeing right now is quite yet over. Okay. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Marketing Analyst, Briefing.com, in your page one 
summary this morning. You pointed out the 200-day moving average on the Dow, the 100-day moving average on the S&P 500 being violated, being negative. How much stock do you put into moving averages? I myself, right. I see them, but I don't really care about them. Right. Well, you know, I always get myself into trouble, Rob, when I get into technicals, right? Okay. Um, but but I understand for a lot of people who read, you know, my page one comment, uh, we do cater to a, a trading audience as well, and um, and they 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 follow technicals closely, right? And so it, it does matter for for that contingent, obviously. And um, from what I can gather, that hundred day moving average on the S P five hundred has been a strong area of support uh, dating back, I believe, till until June of 2012, really, where we haven't had a, a, a you know real test of it, and a, and what we saw was it, it broke yesterday, and uh, and the market made a really lifeless effort to try and get back above it, and when it didn't, you saw I think some technical driven selling interest kick in, which helped uh, drive the market as low as it went yesterday, and so I think people are are there is certainly a, a, a large enough group out there that's very focused on that technical condition. But, you know, when we see breaks of those technical levels, I then take a step back as a fundamental analyst and I ask myself, you know, what what really has changed here to, you know, drive us in this direction? And and you've got a lot of noise out there on the wires about, you know, perhaps growth expectations for 2014 not living up to, you know, to what people thought they were going to be. But at the end of the day, you have a market which is not ridiculously overvalued in our estimation, uh, might be fairly valued, but you still have you still have earnings growth. You have uh, yields on the 10-year note that have actually come down, uh, which should uh, potentially be very supportive for the housing market in coming months as mortgage demand picks up. Uh, and so, and you still are continuing to get economic growth. So the world is not falling apart, even though right now you have some scary-sounding headlines on the front page of some, you know, major newspapers suggesting that, uh, you know, that the world, you know, might come to an end here, and it's not going to. So fundamentally, we think that the market is still looking okay, but you have some technical factors that are kicking in here that are are are. Uh, driving what would be considered an overbought market into a state of some corrective activity. I used to own a company called Coach, uh, high-end purses, late 90s, early 2000s, and then Michael Kors came out, and Michael Kors, better product, better pricing, more demand. Um, Kors is knocking it out of the park. Coach is slumping. Um, is there a lesson other than sometimes companies pass the torch? Is there uh, anything that you're seeing in Michael Kors? Because I did notice you mentioned it this morning in your page one. Right. You know, well, I think that, you know, that is the, the, the read-through a lot of people are making here. If you look at some direct competitors, I mean, Michael Kors would certainly be a direct competitor for, for Coach. And we continue to see Michael Kors pretty much uh, – you know, hit it out of the park quarter after quarter here, while coaches is, is kind of running into some uh, some turbulence in terms of uh, you know increasing margins and growing sales that 
you know, in a very robust manner. I mean, Michael Kors is is doing that uh, in spades right now. I think their revenue was up close to 60% um, year over year, which is astounding. And, and that's why I think you're seeing that, you know, Coors is being identified as, as a growth company and the market is willing to pay premium valuations for growth companies, or I should say willing to pay up certainly for growth companies that deliver on those growth numbers. And Coors did that uh, for sure. And so you've seen a real strong reaction to that stock. Coach is, you know, still a great company. Um, probably will take some time to sort of work through some of these issues here to uh, try and, you know, stoke and increase demand to their product and, and improve sales. But, uh, you know, coaches looked at now as probably the more uh, value-oriented play, and, and, you know, that's not what's resonating right now. You saw that in the report from, like, Netflix and Under Armour, two companies that really just knocked it out of the park, and despite having run big already, they, you know, they took it to a new level in terms of the stock price after their reports, and Coors is benefiting from that today. Any commentary that you want to make on Sasha Nadelli, 46 years old, replacing Steve Ballmer as Microsoft CEO? Well, you know, you could say that, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of attention on that appointment, and given his um, position within the cloud, uh, you know, space at, at Microsoft, it, you know, to me it makes some sense that if you weren't going to go outside the company that that's a prudent appointment, given that that, that seems to be where, uh, you know, Technology is 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 headed uh, in a in a manner of speaking, and so uh, the challenge, though, of course, will will be for uh, Mr. Nadelia to essentially uh, remake the image of Microsoft in a world that's becoming, you know, increasingly less PC centric. Um, so it won't be an easy road ahead, uh, but uh, the appointment does make sense to us given, you know, Microsoft's position right now and where things appear to be headed. Um, so, uh, and he still does have the benefit, we would say, of, you know, uh, some of the stewardship from Bill Gates, uh, who is, I believe, also stepping down as chairman, but is going to remain on the board and be a, a uh, an advisor to Mr. Nadelia. Uh, and, you know, say what you will about Bill Gates, but I think that, you know, you want someone like him still involved with this company. Um, and I think he understands that uh, it is moving in a new direction, and that's why he stands behind the appointment of um, of their new CEO. Thanks very much for joining me. Anything else you want to add here, Patrick, or any last-second um, thoughts on the market sell-off? Yeah, well, you know, like I said, you know, we we don't think that we're done here quite yet. Um, you know, we did have such a strong run, and and it, but you know, kind of what we're seeing here, it, it's going to be a more challenging road this year, um, simply because we had so much of the returns uh, pulled forward in 2013. You had a 30% gain in the S&P 500 on about 6% earnings per share growth, and and you just need to take some time to to. to consolidate that move and we think that that's really what we're getting here um you call it a correction it may look scary at times sounds scary but we think it is still within that you know realm of normalcy to see a pullback like this and uh you know we could you know get down a little bit further here before um uh you won't really see i think a strong bottoming signal though until there's maybe one of those real am 1220 kdow traffic update brought to you by garmin to berkeley at of higher interest rates in the U.S. or, or less further monetary stimulus. The Emberg Market Minute.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I want to thank Patrick O'Hare. I had to cut him off. I have a hard clock. I know you got to watch how you say that. Otherwise, well, I might not be on radio very long. So Patrick O'Hare, uh, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Seriously, um, a really solid financial content site with lots of data, whether you're a professional or an amateur. Um, it, it's worthy of a look. Briefing.com. A Houston furniture store did something that I refer to as brilliant. I like, I love how people can get advertising without paying for advertising and how people can get notoriety without being involved. But a Houston furniture store owner lost $7 million in a Super Bowl bet with customers. His name is Jim McInvale, and his nickname is Matrix Mac. Oh, he promised that if Seattle Seahawks won, he would provide full refunds to customers who purchased more than $6,000 in furniture during the two weeks leading up to the game. After the Denver Broncos lost, he announced on the Gallery Furniture Store's website that he would honor his promise. The accountant is pulling his hair out, but customers are happy. And that's what's most important. He didn't take out any insurance to cover the bet. In the long term, he made a lot of customers happy. And that's building customers happy for life. More than 1,000 customers took advantage of the promotion and will receive an average $7,000 in refunds during a celebratory party at the store on February 17th. That's a crazy story. Again, is it good business? It is good business. If you can survive it. Um, he got a lot of people in the store, purchasing a lot of big-ticket items, and then he had to cover. Should he have gotten some insurance on that? Probably. But here we are talking about him, and if you need a mattress or you need mattress furniture, uh, you know that he at least did something interesting. And people kind of reward that. Now, here is the most disgusting story of the day, and it doesn't involve worms or anything like that. Um, Subway. Shamelessly indulgent new sandwich has Fritos stuffed in it. It's a Fritos stuffed enchilada melt. It's made its way nationwide after being tested in Florida and Seattle, and that's why I hate the people of Florida and Seattle even more now. It's basically shredded chicken soaked in enchilada sauce, topped with melted cheese, and crunchy Fritos. Um, I don't know. It just seems wrong, right? You wonder why, like, parts of the world are they're, they're killing each other in Syria. There's a video footage yesterday out of a four-year-old with a machine gun prepared to be in, you know, battle against insurgents. A four-year-old. And we got Subway sandwiches with Fritos on them. Mm-hmm. Good. Another story that's a little bit upsetting to me uh, is tied towards um, Oreo. What were they thinking with the cookie dough flavor? It's awful. Marshmallow flavored was inspired by Rice Krispies, of course. But we just seem to be, our brand seemed to be out of ideas. You know, the double stuff Oreo really wasn't double stuff. It was, it was like one and a half stuff. Olive Garden's trying to drive sales by offering to pick up parents' babysitting tab. Okay, does this even make any sense at all? Okay, parents come to the Olive Garden, which quite honestly is is pretty miserable food. Like, I'd serve it 
to prisoners and I wanted them to like get out all their energies and revolt. Olive Garden, the struggling restaurant chain, has teamed up with MyGym, a network of children's fitness centers to provide parents with a free date night on February 7th. Okay, so the story gets a little bit better, right? When you first think of Olive Garden and dinner, you don't think of them somehow figuring out your babysitter bill. Parents can drop off their kids before dinner at one of the 145 My Gym locations. They'll have to call and reserve a spot, which requires a deposit. The deposit will be refunded if parents show an Olive Garden receipt when they return to pick up their kids. Space is limited to 30 kids per location. Reservations are on a first-come, first-served basis. So Olive Garden is owned by Darden Restaurants, and they've been trying to revive declining sales. You know, one of the things Olive Garden does, again, they consider themselves to be Italian. They've kind of gone away from that, and now they've added burgers to their menus to try to compete with chains like Chili's. Obviously, huge business here. Don't know what I think about this story, but American Apparel has hired a 62-year-old lay- 62-year-old lingerie model. They're known for their edgy advertising. The brand is featured a 62-year-old modeling lingerie. And, you know, the tag of the campaign is sexy, has no expiration date. Um, Again, it goes to show you the length of marketing and advertising in our society. Um... It's pretty well thought out. There's a lot of concept out there that you may not even know you're being hit with. One of my least favorite companies, J.C. Penney's, they had a good quarter. You know why they had a good quarter? Because they had so many bad quarters in a row. Same store sales rose 2%, marking the department store's first quarterly gain in more than two years. The stock's at $5. I'm willing to go on over and under of 2016 that 50% of their stores will be gone before then. So, company's been cutting prices aggressively, trying to bring shoppers back since they cut former CEO Ron Johnson. You know, I had high hopes for Ron Johnson. He had done a great thing with retail, coming up with some pretty cool concepts for Apple. Um, I know some people who've gotten the opportunity to know him, and he was a smart choice, but not for JCPenney's. And that's what stinks at times. Anyhow, I'm totally digressing today. I'm a bad show host. Letting guests talk too long. SP 500 rebounds after starting February with a 2.3% decline. Strength today in consumer discretion, energy, financials, healthcare, materials. Apple's doing well. Google's doing well. Facebook's doing nicely. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. This is Savannah Guthrie with Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street, Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Our due. Um, hopefully better than our uno. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Did you know? I think I want you to become wealthy, okay? That's a common thought on the show. I want you to save for retirement, and I want you to pull a Seahawks and run up the score. I want you to save as much money as you can. If you can save 10 to 20 times your annual income, save 22. Run up the score. It'll give you more options. And let's just say, let's you know, you're 55, 60, 65, and you and your wife are hitting retirement age, and you're at 22 times your salary. And she kicks over dead. Well, now you've got enough assets to go out and remarry. Now's the chance to go out and find out what it's like to be 23 years old again by vicariously living through a new life. I know you're saying, you did not just go there. I kind of did. So if you want $100,000 in annual income in later life, not counting Social Security, you need $2.2 million in retirement savings. Are you with me? Are you against me? You must choose a side. So run up the score and save more. Otherwise, retirement's not going to be pretty. And I can promise you that. So I say pull a Seahawks. Now, 21st Century Fox, parent of the network, um, Fox, fell 3%. Uh, recently, you know, advertisers, including at least seven automotive brands, paid an average of $4 million for 30 seconds time, along with as much as $2 million produced their commercials. Car makers, as a group, were the single biggest sponsors of the Super Bowl this year. Typically, uh, they are. Hopefully, you didn't get into the last 20 minutes of the game. Hopefully, you bought your commercials earlier in the show. The annual National Football League Championship is typically the most watched U.S. television event. And people are saying, like, hey, see, TV's not dead. Mm, good. It will be. <laughs> ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. They're going to look different 10, 15 years from now. Very different. 43-8 blowout. Not good for the business. Now, the Super Bowl halftime show with Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I think was incredibly forgetful or forgettable. So maybe you can cue the unforgettable music and just drop the un and go, forgettable. That's what it was. Now, what's interesting is Bruno Mars pulled in 115 million viewers, and Beyonce only pulled in 110 million viewers. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Are you with me, or are you against me? Now, there's other numeric plays on the Super Bowl. The Spanish-language channel Fox Deportes averaged 561,000 viewers, which Fox said was the largest ever for a non-soccer event in Spanish cable history. The stream telecast also set an audience record for single sports events. Nielsen said the game generated 25.3 million tweets from 5.6 million unique users. Total tweets fell from 26.1 million last year. That's not good. That's not good. The most tweeted ad was for Allstate's e-surance unit featuring actor John Krasinski. Twitter uses a chance to win $1.5 million. Um, yeah, the winner of that's going to be announced on Jimmy Kimmel Live on ABC. 
which doesn't make a lot of sense. That, that, but we'll go with it. What was your favorite Super Bowl ad? I don't care. Changing thoughts and wanting to get you to retirement and running up the score like the Seahawks. The Seahawks are already the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. I know you're saying, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Like, you don't even have to watch next year. Um, and it's lopsided. Um, and the Super Bowl next year? Is it in Arizona? I thought it was going to be in the Bay Area. Okay, so I guess, I guess next year it's in Arizona. And then the following year, it'll be at the, our new stadium here. Broncos and quarterback Peyton Manning are, are favored 5-1, to one, but the Seahawks are 9-2. to two. San Francisco comes in third at 6-1 to one odds. New England Patriots at 8-1. to one. So uh, get your money in now before the odds start to change. Uh, the Seahawks are the second Super Bowl winner in the past five years to open as a favorite the following season. Last team to over the Green Bay Packers, they failed. Then it was the Baltimore Ravens, they failed. The team least likely to win the Super Bowl. Anyone want to venture a guess on this one? Sorry, Raider fans. If you have one dollar and you want to go to Vegas and put it down on the Raiders, you'll get two hundred. So let's me, let me speak more to the Raider fan mentality. If you want to take your lunch money today, two dollars, skip lunch, put it down on the Raiders, and you'll get four hundred dollars, which will be like lunches for free for two hundred days. Ooh, that's not going to sit well with the audience. Let me get in my time machine and go backwards there. Not a big Raider fan guy. Uh, there's a quote out there by Peter Thiel. Show me a happy loser and I'll show you a loser. That's my quote of the day. Thank you very much. Here's some statistics on how to get to retirement. Buy Starbucks. Buy it when it falls apart. Buy it in good times. Buy it in bad times. In your 20s and 30s, and maybe even your 40s. Starbucks has grown by an average of two stores per day for the past 27 days. Santa Fe Springs, California has the highest concentration of Starbucks stores in the United States. They've got 560 of them within 25 miles. Starbucks plans to add 1,000 additional stores in China in the next year alone. That's pretty crazy. That's probably the one that sticks out so far. There are more than 87,000 possible drink combinations at Starbucks. Another crazy statistic, a Starbucks Grande Coffee has 330 milligrams of caffeine, more than four times the amount of caffeine in a Red Bull. Another crazy statistic on Starbucks is they use 4 billion paper cups per year. The company turned $1.25 billion in profit last year, enough to buy every single American two Grande Cups of coffee. Starbucks' large size used to be a 12-ounce tall to go along with an 8-ounce short. To cater to mainstream taste, the company added a larger and larger sizes, including a 31-ounce Trenta, which is larger than the human stomach. How's that for a lot of coffee? The most loyal 20% of Starbucks customers visit the store at least 16 times a month. They got you addicted, and you think they're a good company. It's going to turn out like uh, as soon as they turn on the... Uh, the switch and the aliens come. Everyone who's been drinking Starbucks coffee will be the aliens' first uh, wave of attack. Starbucks spends more on employee health care than on coffee beans every year. That's a cool statistic. And in the week leading up to Starbucks uh, to Christmas, 
Starbucks sold 2 million gift cards per day, every day. That's amazing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about the markets. Um, yesterday, bad. January, bad. Today, okay. S&P 500 up 11. Dow's up 67. NASDAQ up 30. Microsoft names a new CEO. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We've got a big event coming up in Pleasanton in a few Thursdays from now. You can learn more about that at robblack.com. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. Not a lot of xylophones. Not a lot of successful xylophone stories. And now, play the Star Spangled Banner at halftime. Or I guess... And now, to play the Star Spangled Banner, on xylophone, Rob Black. <sighs> Not exactly the fantasy you wanted to wake up to, huh? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Uh, the SP500 is, well, before we go there, let's take a quick look at a little company called Microsoft. Microsoft finally names the CEO that everyone's been speculating for the last week or two. Uh, thank you to Kara Swisher. Stock's moving up a little bit on that news. Uh, the S&P 500's up 11. The Dow's up 67. The Nasdaq up 30. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a financial planner with New Focus Financial. Coming in today to talk a little bit about long-term care insurance. Let's start with what is long-term care? Well, long-term care insurance, and, and for the record, I don't sell long-term care insurance. Okay, that's but, good. You know, fee-based financial planning, but I'm a huge believer in it. I started in this business at a pretty young age with my grandfather, who had a lot of older clients. Right. And about two years into the business, it seemed like the phone was ringing almost every week. I'd get a call from a husband or a wife saying, they've gone into a nursing home, they've got Alzheimer's, uh, you know, how am I going to pay for this? It's Back then, it was even three or $4,000 a month. Now you're approaching five or six. In the Bay Area, you can see nursing home costs as high as 10 for a month for a skilled right. nursing facility. Which, do the math, that's $100,000 a year. Yeah, 120. So the average person, once they go into a nursing home, first of all, once you hit about 70, there's about a 60% chance you're going in. Okay. And the average stay is three years. So that includes the people that go in for 10 years with dementia and just, you know, and that's the, that's the killer of the portfolio. Yeah. And then there's those that go in for six months and have a stroke and die or, or you know, whatever. It's, it's the average stay in America is about three years. And Medicare doesn't cover it. If you, if you go through the right steps and you end up in a hospital for three days and within 30 days. There's all these rules to get any kind of a a short-term coverage from Medicare. So long-term, it's up to you. You You're either going to 
you've got a couple of options. You can either pay for yourself. That means you've saved more than enough for retirement. So the person that that's able to self-insure is those people that are 65, and they're able to live off of you know maybe 2 to 3% of their portfolio, and that's more than enough. Right. They can probably self-insure. There's middle America, which they're retiring, and they're having to live off of 4 or 5% of their portfolio at 65. They need the long-term care insurance the most. And then there's those that haven't saved enough. They're going to go on Medicare, or Medicaid, rather. And it's called Medi-Cal in California, which means to get that coverage, not only it's typically not the kind of care you'd really want for yourself or your parents, but you've got to spend down to 2000 bucks, And only a certain amount of your home is now protected as an asset as well. So the, the biggest thing about long-term care insurance is it actually helps you stay out of a nursing home. If you have an event, you, have, you lose the five activities of daily living. Let's right. say it's dressing or eating or continence, whatever. They'll pay for somebody to come to your house and take care of you. It helps you stay in your home. Right. And tell me a nursing home that you've like that you've been in, and you oh great food, great people. This is where I want to be in retirement. No, I'd rather have a wheelchair ramp built at my house so I can stay there. And right. the, the parent that you put in that old folks' home, they're not happy and they're they're, they're bitter and they're pissed about it. So it's a lose lose scenario. So long term care, just so people know, my grandmother she had Alzheimer's disease for five years and it was horrific watching mm-hmm. her die. Uh, did you know, like, if you don't get out of bed, like, your foot, your bones become so frail, they just collapse. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. arms start to curl up towards your heart because that's just age. Like, you just sit in there waiting to die. Bed sores and everything else. It's ugh. My mother has had a couple strokes, and she's been in um, long-term care three times in the last five years. So it, this is a real issue. For me, I don't know, because I'm, I'm going to live forever, Chad. You know, it's, that's the, that's the, the problem. people that need it. You know, if you've got fam- you go. more family history of people just having a massive cholesterol issues and they have a heart attack and die, right? versus if I get a client and they have both parents went in with dementia or Alzheimer's, right. um, even the wealthy ones that can do the, the 1% to 2% of income and, and be completely fine, yeah. what happens is, is they get to that point in time and somebody else, like a kid, is making the decision for them on care. Right. And the kid's worried about their inheritance. They're thinking, oh, dad's got Alzheimer's. He doesn't even know where he's at. I'm going to put him in this house where he's sharing a room with somebody else so I can inherit more money. So even wealthy people might want to look at long-term care insurance to take the financial piece of the health care decision yeah. out of the mix. It's really an estate planning piece as well. And you can write that type of instruction into your trusts. So, With, that, with that said, do poor people need to buy long-term care? Um, you know, it... You know what I mean. Poor people can't afford it. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you're where you're looking at costs of two hundred and fifty dollars a month and up. Yeah. If you buy the stuff, it's you know early. Okay. It's more if you buy it later in life. Four to five thousand a month. Oh yeah, if you're seventy five or eighty. Okay. You know, I mean, it gets to the point. You know, you've got to get it purchased typically by sixty five, sixty six. So in the get to, you don't need you don't need long term care insurance. <laughs> Poor people don't need it because the poor they can't afford are it. Too old, you can't afford it. It's it's your your risk is too high. You haven't paid in the pool long enough, and don't think that it might. You know, most of the time when you're going to buy long-term care insurance, um, the agents say, well, rates aren't likely to go up, but really they are. Because okay. an insurance company, the only way they can raise the rates is if they can go to the state and say, look, we've had higher than expected claims. We need to raise the rates, and the state will let them do that. So that could happen as well. Talking retirement issues and more with certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So I was at the gym yesterday and uh, just doing my cardio work, trying to stay fit. I know you're saying that's an image I don't want to think about. Mm-hmm, good. And um, first, I, male gyms or gyms in general, men are just disgusting. 
You give them a sink and they're like, I'm going to put shaving cream on my whole entire face and back and shave everything. You give them a sink and they're like, this is my, it's disgusting. You give them a hot tub and it's like, ugh. This is the one thing I don't understand about gems. And I go to a nicer gem, but I don't get this. And if anyone can explain this to me, you'll have solved one of the riddles that have complexed my mind for years. Um, leather couches and a big TV that either has CNBC on it or some sort of sports. So these older guys, and by older I mean 65 plus, they get naked, they sit on the couch after they've done like a five-minute workout, and they just sit naked on a leather couch watching CNBC or some sort of sports. Like I just don't get it. If anyone has the answer to that, you'll have saved me and answered one of the you know the most perplexing questions of all time in my head. I don't get it. Okay, so I was listening to the guy, and the uh, guy goes, Oh, Jim, you watched the Super Bowl? Yeah, I did. Did you make any money on it? Yeah, I made 25000 Bet on the Seahawks. Guy made $25,000 betting on the Seahawks to win. Nevada Sportsbook pulled in $19.7 million in profit on a record $119 million in bets. Wow. Last time the sportsbooks lost to gamblers was when the Giants beat the Patriots. It takes something freakish as far as a big ending goes. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Toyota forecast record profit amid U.S. recovery. I always like Toyota. Yeah, stock. Vehicles. Uh. It goes to show you that a lot of the way we grow up sticks with us. You know, uh, when I was in elementary school, the jokes were Ford stood for found on road dead. If I had grown up ten years later, Ford would have been like, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen born in the USA, by USA, USA, USA. Um, So a lot of what I grew up with was American cars sucked. Um, and it stuck with me for years and years and years, and it wasn't until probably the last two or three years that, you know, I think we've all started seeing the quality of American cars match and exceed, in some cases, foreign cars. But it goes to show you, again, how much you're influenced by your childhood. So JCPenney's key holiday sales rose by 2%. Can't really get excited by that. Target saying that they're updating and they're speeding up their use of new technologies on chips, on a semi, uh, semiconductors on credit cards, especially their red card. Um, I think, again, it, it, it there's a trend there that I think is so easy to see of mobile payments, and you have to position yourself in front of some mobile payment options. 
if you want growth in your portfolio that could beat the market. I don't think there's any way around it. Slower sales of homes led to a dip in home prices in December. But listen to how like the, the industry rates their PR. Home prices were up 11% on the year in December. This is the 22nd straight month of gains. On a month-over-month basis, though, home prices were down a modest one-tenth of a percent. It's not really all that modest. When you snap a streak of extending gains... The Disney Gaming Unit is going to lay off several hundreds at its interactive media unit after the company announced its quarterly results on Wednesday. I like Disney. I can't lie. I think Bob Iger, since he's come to Disney, has the Midas touch. The movie Frozen is so geniusly put together. Uh, now they're doing sing-along, so if you've seen it two or three times, you now can go back and see it again, and they'll put the words of the song underneath the under the and they're promoting this. The fact that they can get you to come to a movie theater again is the genius move. Bob Iger, one of the first things he did was bought Pixar. Genius move. Netflix raising $400 million so it could start making even more original shows like House of Cards. Um, that's a little hit or miss for me. I liked kind of the way Amazon you know, ordered 10 pilots, let you watch the pilots, and then you voted for the one you wanted. That's where I think ABC, NBC, CBS gets into trouble in the future is they're not social. They're not getting it. They still have an executive who wants to, you know, earn his 60 to $70 million paycheck so that he can have the model wife with the model children, the model car, and the model house, and the model neighborhood. I think times are changed. Bill Gross, he said the era of getting rich quickly is over for both stocks and bonds, so investors should lower their expectations about how much they can earn from these investments. Now, he himself couldn't have been more wrong about the last five years than anyone else I know. So do we listen to him? Because he used to be pretty smart about bonds. He said uh, he continues to buy treasuries for short duration, particularly in the range of four to five years. But he says will pay off if the Fed continues to keep its benchmark interest rates low for the foreseeable future. Mostly agree with that. I'd even go shorter. Now, he said developing economies like Brazil and Turkey are starting to look a little bit more attractive, but that they still have a wild card angle to them. He added, um, PIMCO clients say they want safety and preservation principle in bond decisions. He added the Mohammed Al-Aryan, the PIMCO CEO who recently announced his departure, could take on a public policy role next. Okay. I think Mohammed Al-Aryan is just... He sounded like an idiot. It's it's a real weird way to promote your company, to buy commercials on CNBC, and then to talk about the economy on CNBC. I, I don't know how some of this is even legal, to be quite honest with you. Um, here is an expert. Like You have to really, really be careful. Arm Holdings is getting um, schnockered today. Arm Holdings is a semiconductor company that makes low-end chips um, for cell phones. They're not, you know, the Intel by design company. They're the, yeah, we went with a lot of intellectual property, and we're licensing our technology. Pfizer is leading the Dow with a 
percent gain following an upgrade. Pfizer fabricates pharmaceuticals. Um, Jeffrey's upgraded Pfizer to a buy from hold. They set a price target of thirty-eight dollars on stock. Upgrade comes a day after Pfizer shares climbed after it announced positive results for a potential breast cancer treatment called Plabosixlib. Okay, let's, let's have me do that again. It looks like. Well, I don't even want to tell you what it looks like. It looks like a dirty word, but palbociclib. Let me try one more time. Palbociclib. There we go. He's batting fourth for the San Francisco Giants, playing third. Palbociclib. So Pablo Sandoval lost a crazy amount of weight. You see how skinny he is? Well, let's see if he puts back on. Baseball season right here, right now, right around the corner. Are you excited? Yes. Oh. Okay. You know, this song was written by people who had never been to a baseball game. I know you're saying, that's probably the most fascinating thing I've heard all day long. In fact, I'm going to run and scream it down the hallway. Take me out of the ballpark was written by people who have never been to a game. You know, a big thing, and this is fascinating to see the studies on. Fascinating. Um... Stadiums have to have technology now because people that are coming to the games grew up having so many distractions with video games and television and videos and DVRs. And it's going to be worse the next generation. It's going to be worse the next generation. So going to a ballpark now, you have to almost have the game on in, while you're urinating. You can't just urinate anymore. You have to watch the game while you're urinating. You have to have access to Instagram to show all your friends what a wonderful life you have and how their life sucks because they're sitting at home while you're at the game. Um, Elsewhere in the world of news, the CBO, the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, they cut the budget deficit for 2014. They think it's going to hit $514 billion or 3% of GDP. That's a decline of $46 billion from prior estimates. They think the improving economy will help revenues rise 9% this year. Spending is projected to rise just 2.6%. And on the teeter-totter that is the budget, that's a good thing. They expect the economy is going to grow by 3.1% in 2014. If that's the case, buy the dips. If you think the economy is going to grow by over 3%, you buy the stock market dips. Because that's a very Goldilocksian number. I know. I know. Um, tech stocks were modestly higher today. Microsoft software giant named Satya Nadelli, head of the company's cloud and enterprise business. Facebook turns 10 years old. What's interesting about that is the two companies, both founded by Harvard people, um, Bill Gates, Harvard dropout, but same concept. What's interesting about that is, you know, think Harvard late 70s. Think Harvard, early 2000s. I mean, that's how long Microsoft has been doing what they do. And they're a huge enterprise. And they've got a lot of power and a lot of momentum. No no momentum, no momentum. I'm really happy to see Steve Ballmer go as spokesperson for the company. Because, again, he just did some horribly stupid stuff. Um, I need someone who's calm, who's calculated, who's well-spoken, who doesn't take a swipe at the competition as the best way to run practices. Feds, Richmond, uh, Fed Richmond 
Federal Reserve member, Jeffrey Lacker. He said he expects tapering of the central bank's bond buying program to continue. He said, quote, I expect to see further reductions in the pace of the purchases at upcoming meetings. Next meeting's in March. He reiterated that he sees growth at around 2% as he expects consumer spending uptick seen in the second half of 2013 to return to the post-recession norm of around 2%. So again, positive. Uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, Sirius XM Holdings, they reported fourth quarter profit of about $65 million. And that's down from $156 million. Now, this is where it becomes really a huge problem. With a company like this, you have to go, this is adjusted earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization. That rose 27%, $1.1 billion. But they do a lot of accounting on a company that puts a big bird in the sky. The firm said it expects adjusted EBITDA earnings before interest tax depreciation amortization of $1.38 billion in 2014. It's really a tough stock to analyze for the average Joe. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Don't forget to get a bit coming up in Pleasanton. It's a bond alternative and retirement income seminar. Pleasanton, end of the month. You can sign up for it. It's a Thursday at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. June stocks are trading higher. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So showing you what a sheltered world I live in. Heroin use is on the rise in the United States. I want to know. Like, the whole Philip Seymour Hoffman thing, I want it now. Um, I guess I do live in a different world at times, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing or more. Um, Roll over your 401k to an IRA. I always suggest it. I've put on my website, robblack.com, a video of why to roll over your 401k to an IRA. You can get your calls in the air at 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, Taking a look at the market numbers, and again, I'm not that stressed by the short term. I know some people are. And I'm not the show for you. I don't believe that we should be screaming at our government. I don't believe that, you know, everything is horrible. I believe in capitalism. I think it works. I think we're in a period of time where interest rates are incredibly low. And if you are in the position to take advantage of that, you should. Uh, mortgage rates, I don't think we'll ever see in this logo in, in your lifetime. And again, I look at things as financial lifetimes. I do not look at things um, like most people do. I look at everything financially. And that's a little bit of a problem. So I got an email from a guy named Ray. He said, I do photography on the side. And I listen to this guy's podcast. He also does, you know, podcast on money. I've learned a lot on photography, but now he's talking about market time and charting. 
he's a nutcase. I think nutcases are nutcases. I think people that have to yell are nutcases. Um, I remember back when I was like 23 and I was doing a national radio show, my cable modem just it wouldn't work correctly. And I remember calling Comcast and going, you know, we got to get this fixed, we got to get this fixed. And I, I found myself yelling, and it's the last time I've yelled where I would look at myself and go, that guy's a nutcase. Um, I'm glad I got anger out in my 20s because it's gone. But this guy's saying, you know, I don't know much about charting. I imagine some of what he says is true, but he's actually telling people to go from equities to cash. And I think that's the dumbest thing you could do, is listen to someone who really doesn't know what he's doing. Um, And you don't really have a tie to that. And how many people do you know who've gotten rich from going from a 401k to cash? How many people do you really know who've... Like, I can tell you, a lot of people got out of the market in 2008 and never got back in, and they missed an up move of 180%. I can tell you, record amount of assets came into the market when it hit up 180%. Record amounts went out when it was at the bottom. I don't really, really, really get um, people who think market timing works. Look at the 400 richest people in America. Look at the 1,000 richest people on the planet. Do you see any market timers? No. No. Okay, someone's trying to answer my um, question about old guys sitting naked on gym couches watching CBC. Because I think it's the old guys need to get out of their house. If you got money for a country club or a sports club, they probably have a little bit of a bar. Sitting down on a leather vinyl couch watching sports, playing cards. It gets you out seeing other people and gets you away from home. Okay, that's, that's fair. And who doesn't want to get away from a wife when you've been married to her for 40 years, right? Dun-dun-dun. Um, hmm... Why do old men sit naked on the couch at the gym in the locker room? Because they think they're at home. It's a form of old-timers. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, trust me, it's every club. Every sports club from San Francisco to Fremont, everyone that I go into, it, it's it's disgusting. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. U.S. home prices rise for the 22nd straight month, but they did fall in price month to month. The peak to current decline in national home prices from April 2006 to December 2018 was 18%. It included distressed sales. Home prices were up a mo- most in Nevada and down most in Arkansas. Who would buy a house in Arkansas? Seriously. I get buying a trailer in Arkansas, but a house? The CoreLogic pending home price index suggests that home prices will rise 10.2% on a year-over-year basis in January and tumble 8 tenths of percent on the month. So the trend is that prices have hit a high. So just throwing that out there for you. I don't know if that means anything to you or not. Um, Canada's got something called the oil sands. And we're learning more and more about what the oil sands contain and what they don't. The amount of harmful pollutants released in the process of recovering oil from tar sands is likely far higher than corporate interests say. Don't you wish you could trust corporate interest? Um, so there's a government-accepted way of tying towards the evaporation of what are called PAHs, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Um, it's pretty disgusting stuff to look at. Just throwing it out there for you. 
Because remember the trends of high oil gas, high oil prices six years ago, five years ago, when oil spiked to $150 a barrel? People were like, oil sands, must get oil sands. And natural gas prices fell to a record low. And now everyone's like, natural gas, got to get natural gas. More fracking natural gas. Five years from now, it'll be something different. Someone sent me an email, and I found this to be sad. And he works for a company, and he's like, hey, I know you like solar companies. Can you keep me on, my sh- on your show to talk about them? I don't let people on my show willy-nilly. Um, sorry. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drive me an email, rob at robblack.com. Visit my website, robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Um, I'm sticking with the large view that earnings season's doing well. Investors will find the recent pullback as a discount. I'll stand by that. You can find me online at robblack.com. Listen to CFP Chad Burton, new focus on wealth today at 1 o'clock. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.